Praise the Lord, everyone. I am standing here before you today in awe of what God is doing before the end of the year. I feel like he's trying to say, look, guys, we, why, why do you feel like it's got to be a New Year's resolution or, you know, a closeout of 2023? We're sliding downhill to the worst of the worst. I feel like what he's saying is we're, we're going up. This is a closeout that's high. We're not, we're not closing it out going, ooh, if only we can just end 2023. I feel like he's saying, look, I've got, I had you through COVID. I have you through 2023. I'm going to have you in 2024. It only goes up from here. The world may look bad. Things may look off. But whose report are you going to believe? I choose to believe the report of the Lord. Can we just give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that? So my title this morning is in line with that sentiment. I have been, I have had a lot of instances lately that have just kind of brought this concept to mind. And, and it, it's, it's amazing how God will just use small things to remind you of the big things. And so the title today is Time to Name It and Claim It. Who's your daddy? That's my title. Time to Name It and claim it, who's your daddy? So the first thing that I think we have to establish out of the gate is, who's your daddy? God identifies us as kings and priests, but, but there is a really special designation that he gives us. It's more important, I would suggest, than all the other designations to start. And that is, we are his children. Okay, that matters because that's relational. It's not just a metaphor. This is not something that the Bible talks about and says, we're his children and it, it has no meaning. It's just like, oh, I'm a child of God, you know, that just, I'm a child, like a loose interpretation. No, 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 no. When you say, I am a child of God, that identifies a connection with a bloodline. I'm going to say that again. When you say you are a child of someone, it is identifying your connection to a bloodline. Now you can say, but what if I'm adopted? It still is identifying a connection to a bloodline. If you say, this is my mama, this is my daddy, what you are identifying is, these are my people. This is my tribe. And if I'm in trouble, I'm going to call my daddy. I'm going to call my mama. These are the people who have developed connection and relationship with me. This is my bloodline. This is my lineage. And you can say, well, my lineage it, it stunk or I'm, I don't have a good lineage. That's why even people who go, my family was the worst, what often happens? They develop other relationships with other people and they go, well, that's actually like my mom. That person was more like my mom than my mom. In, even in the worldly sense, this is not a new concept. 
Even somebody who goes, my dad was the pits of despair. What do they do? They develop other relationships and they go, that, that guy was more like my dad than my dad. Right? Okay, so when we're talking about being children of a perfect God who is not evil or awful or the worst, that's not somebody that we want to just get rid of. That's a connection that we want to lean into. That is a bloodline. Now, how do we know that we are connected with the bloodline? Well, the Bible also makes that very clear. The Holy Ghost testifies to the seal of his blood. That is what the Holy Ghost does. So when you say, I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, it is testifying to the seal of the blood covenant that you received with your daddy. That's what that is, okay? In a legal sense, that's the notary stamp saying, yes, this is real. And the waters of baptism, because, see, again, everything that God does, he does it on a small level so that we can understand it on a big level. When a child is born, how is a child born except for by blood and water? Blood and water. And you go, see, and, well, that's how it has to be. God could have made that anyway. He could have said, we, we are like frogs. He could have said that didn't have to be that way, but even frogs have blood and water. He didn't have to do it the way he did it, but he did. And why did he do it if not to show us how it works in the spirit? We need the blood and we need the water because we're God's children. Hebrews chapter 10 Starting at verse 14, and we're going to go through 19. For by a single offering, he has forever completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. And also the, the Holy Spirit adds his testimony to us in confirmation of this for having said, this is the agreement the testament, the covenant that I will set up and conclude with them after those days, says the Lord. I will imprint my laws upon their hearts and I will inscribe them on their minds, on their inmost thoughts and understanding. He then goes on to say, and their sins and their law breaking, I will remember no more. Now, where there is absolute remission, that's why we have baptism, Forgiveness and cancellation of the penalty of these sins and law-breaking. There is no longer any offering made to atone for sin. Therefore, brethren, since we have full freedom and confidence to enter into the Holy of Holies by the power and virtue in what? In the blood of Jesus. And we're going to skip ahead to verse 22. Let us all then come forward and draw near with true, honest, and sincere hearts in unqualified assurance and absolute conviction engendered by faith, by that leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. Why does this matter? 
Because you see, you can't go into the Holy of Holies unless you got some blood there. You can't enter boldly into a place that is set apart for only certain people unless you've got something that gives you access. The blood of Jesus is what gives us unique access to God's innermost presence, to that sanctuary, to that place that no one else gets to just go. You know what is special about me? You're going to say, why are you talking about yourself? I'm going to tell you what's special about me right now. And not all of you get to do this. I'm sorry. You just don't. I can walk into my mama and daddy's house anytime I want to. And I don't knock. <laughs> I walk in. And I say, I am here. Now, I know all of you. You know me. You know my mama and my daddy. You wouldn't dare go in their house like that. I know you wouldn't because you've got manners. You can say, Sister Sheena, do you not have manners? Oh, I got manners, but I know my daddy. I know who my daddy is. I know who my mama is. And I can walk boldly up into their house anytime I want to. And I can say, I'm here. I'm here. You got something for me to eat? I'll go to their refrigerator and I'll open the door and I'll scrounge around and see what's there. Believe I'm going to take whatever I want. I'll go to the pantry and I'll say, that looks good. Were you saving that? I know you weren't saving it for me, I guess. And in the very same way, God says, I want you to walk boldly into my presence. You are my child. If you want something, you go to the fridge. You go to the pantry. You get what you need. I did blood for that. We are God's children. Galatians 3, 26. For in Christ Jesus, you all are sons of God through you got to believe before you open the door. Because I'm going to tell you what. If you open the door to my house, and I don't know who you are, believe that a 38 is coming your direction. I also have belief. And I believe there's going to be a consequence to the fact that you came in and you don't have bloodline. Why are you in my house? Who are you? Who invited you? But now, if my daughter comes in my house, that's her house. She believes she is safe in that house. She believes she can open the door anytime she wants. She believes it's fine because there is a connection. Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. The Spirit himself thus testifies together with our own spirit. I just don't know. I just don't know. And I'm not sure if I'm a child of God today. I don't know. 
I don't know. Let me tell you what you got to do. You got to stir up that spirit that's in you, that bloodline, because his spirit testifies with our spirit, assuring us that we are the children of God. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ sharing his inheritance with him. Only we must share his suffering if we are to share his glory. Well, I just don't understand why I'm going through this. I don't understand. I don't understand why it's hard right now. You know what? Me either. I don't know why it's hard, except for what I know is, if I'm going to share in his glory, I also get the privilege of sharing in his sufferings. And who am I to say, when the king of all creation hung and died on a cross in absolute, a, a series of suffering that are incomprehensible, that my suffering is in any way comparative to what he endured simply for the joy of seeing my face in the future. He wanted to see me. He did that so we could be together. The suffering that I have, it's not for salvation for anybody. My suffering is not going to do you any good. I mean, I'm just saying it's not going to bring you to heaven. It could be a testimony. It can be encouraging. But I'm going to tell you what, the blood, the blood that I shed is not going to save your soul. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to shed some blood. But you see, what's beautiful is because there was blood that was already shed, my suffering matters. It's not for nothing. It's not just this was useless, wasteless suffering. It's not saving anybody. Because every suffering that I go through, I know I'm going to get to share in some glory with that. There's going to be a sprinkling of glory with that. With everything that I'm digging in the dirt, all the effort that I'm doing to plow the field, all the things, the thorns that I'm pulling out, the rocks that I'm throwing, the, the pain that I'm getting from the process of this is still going to amount to a harvest in the end. There is still going to be something fruitful. And so when we identify and when we fully lock in, we are God's children, then that lends itself to the fact that we have rights. We have rights inherent to our position with and in him. And we can claim it. And the thing with our rights is when we claim it, we will find him. He will give us comfort, fruitfulness, and abundance, joy, and gladness. And, and you know, that's the thing that I, that I think is amazing because sometimes we walk around and we pray like we have no rights. We pray like we're asking somebody who is evil to give us just a little crumb from the table. We approach God like we were not invited to sit alongside him. Please, please, if you just could think of me just today, just one time, it's not too much. Please. What would he say? Walk boldly, boldly 
into the holy of holies. I just, I'm the worst. I'm the pits. I'm the, I'm the worst. I, Daddy, can I come to your house today? Let me tell you what, if I said that to my dad, he would be like, what is wrong with you? He would be like, I, I don't, what, is, what has happened? Do you not know who you are? See, because here's the thing. If my dad is in his office, unless he's on a call, I walk up in there too. You wanted to see me today, didn't you? I say it to him. I don't care. He, he's my daddy. Of course he wants to see me. And if he doesn't, he does now. And I, I have that relationship with him. What is your relationship like with God? Isaiah 55 and 6. Seek, inquire for, and require the Lord while he may be found. Oh, claiming him by Necessity and but oh, you mean I can do that? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I'm claiming him by right. He listen. If someone gives their blood for you, I am fairly certain that they anticipate that you should claim them by right. If I have given all, and I'm going to tell you what. I tell my girls, okay, I recognize that being a mom and giving birth is not the same as dying on a cross, okay? I, I know. However, it is not fun, okay? Having a baby is lovely. Giving birth is not fun, okay? It's not. If you had fun, I don't know what's wrong with you. It's not fun. Okay? Even if you had a lovely pregnancy, the birth is not fun. But you know what I say? Every hour that I was in there in agony was for you. So if you don't know how valuable you are to me, let me tell you what. You better treat yourself with absolute dignity and respect because I worked hard to get you here. I ate things I didn't enjoy because I heard that it was going to be good for the baby. Why? Because there's a promise, and I'm working towards that promise. And why did Jesus die on a cross if not for the promise of you in this present time and the future of all of his people that he saw in that moment hanging on a cross? He said there is a promise that is going to give birth. In 2023, people are going to be alive, and they're going to be able to know me because of my sacrifice today. Claiming him by 
right. Call upon him when he is near. Isaiah 51, 1 through 3. Hearken to me, you who follow after rightness and justice, you who seek and inquire of and require the Lord, claiming him by necessity and by right. Where'd I come from? Look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the hole in the quarry from which you were dug. Let me tell you what, I'm made of good stuff. You see that rock? You see that stone that the builders rejected? I come from that rock. You see that hole in the ground? You see, I came from that hole. That is the hole, the foundation of the world. I came from that dirt. He can look at dirt and breathe into it and it gets two little sticks and walks around. That's my daddy. Well, I'm afraid of dying. He makes dirt live and have thoughts. I don't know what to tell you. I have never seen any clay master or anybody else create something that can walk, talk, move, and think and have its own little voice and opinion. Except for my daddy can. He can do that. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For I called him when he was but one. And I blessed him and made him many. For the Lord will comfort Zion. Will. He will comfort all her waste places. And he will. Make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and the voice of song or instrument of praise. Let me tell you what. You say, I just don't know if I have it anymore. I don't know if I have the joy anymore. Let me tell you what the Lord said. He said, I will. You claim me. You seek me by right by necessity, and I will comfort you. I will give you joy and gladness. I will make you like a lush garden. But we go around like we got no rights. I'm desolate. I'm des I am desolate. I am, I am run into the ground. I am run into the ground. Ain't nobody can run me into the ground. I'm going to tell you right now, when my daddy is the king of kings and he makes the ground, ain't nobody can run me into the ground. And nothing can run me into the ground. He is the author and the finisher of all things. And so you say, well, I just don't know. I just don't know. This thing is happening. This thing is coming up. Let me tell you what. I still don't know what's happening with my husband, but you know what I know? I don't have to know because I know who does know. He's the author and the finisher. He's the one who writes DNA. Well, but what happens if he dies? Then you know what? I'm going to see him again. I'm going to see him again. This is not the end. Death is not the end. I can have joy. And I can claim that. Well, I'm in a depression. Claim it. Claim it. Claim it. Claim it. Claim it. 
We have promises inherent to our position with and in him. We can name it. So you go, I'm going to claim it, and now I'm going to name it. So what are we naming? Beneficial things. We got those on lock. We got beneficial things on lock. Go to Psalms 34, starting at verse 9 through 10. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. Revere and worship him. For there is no want, no want to those who truly revere and worship him with godly fear. The young lions lack food and suffer hunger, but they who seek, inquire of, and require, require the Lord by, by right of their need. And on the, I'm standing on the authority of his word. His word says this is something I can have. So I'm standing on the authority of his word and I'm naming it. None of them shall lack any, any, it didn't say some, any beneficial thing. You can say, well, I'm lacking something in my life right now. Then let me tell you what you need to do. You need to stand on the authority of his word and say, God, your promises are real and I'm naming and claiming. I'm going in your pantry. I'm going right into the refrigerator. I'm going to get what I need. Because you said, no, no beneficial thing am I going to be lacking. Why does he say young lions? Because people in their vigor, listen, a young lion, he's, he's spry. He can, like, he, he can go get stuff. But not in this, not in this little scenario. No, 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 no. The young lions, they can go wanting. But me, let me tell you what, I may not have the stamina of a young lion, but my God is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He gives me everything that I need. He does not withhold any beneficial thing. I just have to name it and claim it. Weaknesses, infirmities, temptations, He's got grace, mercy, and perfectly timed help for that. Hebrews chapter 4, beginning at verse 15, and we're going to do 16 as well. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and liability to the assaults of temptation, but one who has been tempted in every respect as we are, yet without sinning. This is not a God who goes, I, I am just so beyond you. I don't understand what you're going through right now. This is a good, good father who looks at us and says, I know you're suffering. I know you're in turmoil. I've been in turmoil. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to have not eaten for 40 days and 40 nights and have the devil literally come and remind me that I can make stones into bread. He has all power in him. Let me tell you what, if I had all power in me, this is why God didn't give me that ability because if I had all power in me, I believe it would be like a Mary Poppins situation in my house for everything. You know, the house is clean, laundry is done and put away. That's why the devil can't, he, listen, if he can't, and he's like, but you know, you can, you can do your laundry by whistling. 
I hope, I hope it's off to work. I go. He could only do that with God because God is the one who could say, man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He will not tempt us above that which we are. That's why I have no powers. But because we know that he's been tempted, he's been tried, he knows our sufferings, he's gone through his own turmoil, then what? Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we might, that we may receive mercy for our failures. He knows we're going to fail, but he's got mercy for that. And find grace to help in good time for some needs. Every, every, every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. Well, I don't understand why it hasn't happened now. Maybe it's not yet time for you, but you can claim it. And you can name it because you know it's going to be appropriate and well-timed exactly when you need it. Why? Because he said so. He said so. And I'm going to remind him of that. I'm going to say, God, you said, listen, you know I need it. I don't know when the time is ripe, but I am telling you, I'm naming and claiming that you're going to give me the help that I need right when the time is right and that it's not going to be a moment too late. Redemption, defense, and deliverance. God is the police, he's the attorney, and he's the judge. He won't allow us to be bullied, accused, and oppressed. Okay? He's going out and he's, he's handling, you know, he's like the bouncer. Ah, nah, you, you do not, listen, I'm, don't start that. I'm bigger than you. You don't be bullying. You don't be doing that. Except for then he, he's, also, he's the law, okay? So he deals with that, and then he brings you in, and then, then the enemy is accusing you, and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. See, I got, let me change my hat. I was the police a moment ago, but now I'm the defense attorney. That's my client. You don't talk to my client that way. And the accuser's like, well, that's okay. Let's go to court. Let's deal with this situation. And he's like, oh, <laughs> you didn't know I'm also the judge. <laughs> what kind of court is this? This is the court of my God. He gets to be all in all. Somebody, the accuser of the brethren comes up and says, did you, did you see what they did? And he goes, uh, no, I didn't actually because there was blood for that. There was blood for that. That's under some blood. I don't know what you're talking about. You tell me, uh, who are you? 
Who are you coming into my house talking? See, I don't know you. I know my client here, but I don't know you. I don't know you. And whatever you're talking about right now, I don't know about that either. Because I'm all of it. I'm all of it. And you can say, well, where would you get that? Okay, let's go. Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 4 through 5. In those days, and at that time, says the Lord, the children of Israel shall come, they and the children of Judah together, they shall come up weeping. You know why they were weeping? They were getting bullied by the Babylonians, the Chaldeans. You read it. Well, and you know what? Did they deserve it? Everybody say yes. Israel has been bad. They've been bad a lot of times. Okay, but now they, 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 it's, they're tired of being bullied. Okay, so they come weeping as they come and see, here's the difference. At some point when you've had enough, you go, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm seeking God because the, everything else I've been doing hadn't been working and the bully just gets meaner. Come and weeping as they come and they seek the Lord their God, inquiring and of, for, him, for and of him and requiring him by both right of necessity and of the promises of God's word. You see, they, they know. I can, I can ask for you. I can claim you because I've got a need, but I'm also on the authority of God's word. They shall ask the way to Zion with their faces in that direction, saying, come, let us join ourselves to the Lord in a perpetual covenant that shall not be forgotten. We're going to jump to verse 19. And I will bring Israel home again to his fold and pasturage, and he will feed on Carmel and Bashan in the most fertile districts, both west and east, and his soul will be satisfied upon the hills of Ephraim and Gilead. In those days and at that time, says the Lord, the iniquity of Israel will be sought. That's the accuser saying, you see what they did? Remember what they did? Remember what they did? I saw it. I saw it. I'm going to bring it to your attention, God. But none will be found, for I, I will pardon those whom I cause to remain as a remnant, the preserved ones who come forth after a long tribulation. Let me tell you what, in the end, people are going to look for things. They're going to say, but you were bad. You did this. You did that. And let me tell you what God is saying. He's saying, I, I get to be the one who decides that, don't I? And I don't see what you see. I don't see that. I don't see that. And so verse 33, we're jumping. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the children of Israel and the children of Judah are oppressed together. All who took them captive have held them fast. They refuse to let them go. 34. Oh, see, you may think I'm locked up. What, what's happening to my life right now, I'm locked up. This sickness, this financial difficulty, the boss, the job, fill in the blank. It doesn't matter what it is. It's a, it's a spirit of a bully. It's oppression in your life. Okay, I don't care what it is. It's oppression. But you know what God says? And I'm going to read it like he's saying it to you. I, your redeemer, am strong. The Lord 
of hosts is my name. I will surely and thoroughly plead your case and defend your cause that I may give you rest. But to the Babylonian enslaved, to the Babylonians, all those inhabitants, I'm going to give them unrest. I'm going I'm to give you rest and all those others that the Babylonians took captive, all those other people that are oppressed, all of those people that have been in a place under a rock, under a stone, under a heaviness, whatever it is in your life, I am going to give you rest. But for all of those people, all of those spirits that have been on you, weighing you down, the tables are going to turn. They're going to have unrest. Move to verse 45 and 46. Therefore, and this is what he's saying, hear the plan of the Lord. Which he has made. Not anybody else. He made it against Babylon. And his purposes, which he has formed against the land of the Chaldeans, surely they shall, they shall be dragged away, even the little ones of the flock. What he's saying is, it's a complete and total end for the oppression. And you go, well, little ones, let me tell you what, have you ever had a gnat fly around your head? Or little flies just drive you nuts. Sometimes it's the little things. Sometimes it's those little spirits, those little things that come to annoy you. God says, no, 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 no. Not just the big things that were weighing on you. I'm going to take care of all, even, even those little things, okay? The little ones of the flock. Surely he shall make their habitation desolate because of them. And they're fold amazed and appalled at their fate. At the cry, Babylon has been taken. The earth shall tremble and the cry shall be heard among the nations. Let me tell you what, when God gets up and he says, I've had enough of what you're doing to my people, there is going to be a trembling and a cry among the nations when they see when God gets up and he says, you done touched my people long enough. I've had all I can take. I'm not trying to be a negative prophet here, but I'm not, this, is, this is the most positive thing I can tell you. But even with regards to what's happening in Israel, don't believe for one minute that God is not watching and that he does not see. He sees and there will come a space in time when he gets up and when he gets Everybody better watch out and move out of the way and make sure that when he gets up, you are behind him. I don't want him to get up and look in my direction. I want it to be, go, go get him, daddy. Go get him. I'm behind you. I'm behind you all the way. Get him. Sick him. I'm not going to get in the way of God when he... If my daddy is taking care of business, I am not going to be in between that and the business. Go do it. You get them. 
That is what he's saying. He's saying there is going to be a space in time when it is the right season and the right time, and I'm going to get up, and everybody's going to tremble, and everybody's going to know about it. And you go, well, and we touched it, but what about death? It's not even a thing. It's not even a thing. 1 Corinthians 15, starting at verse 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trumpet call, for a trumpet will sound, and the dead in Christ will, will be raised, imperishable, free and immune from decay, and we shall, we shall be changed and transformed. For this perishable part of us must put on the imperishable nature. And this mortal part of us, this nature that is capable of dying, must put on immortality, freedom from death. And when this perishable puts on the imperishable, and this that was capable of dying puts on freedom from death, then shall be fulfilled the scripture that says death is swallowed up, utterly vanquished forever, in and unto victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Now sin is the sting of death, and sin exercises its powers upon the soul through the abuse of the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us, gives us, gives us, the victory, making us, making us conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, therefore, my beloved, beloved brethren, be firm and steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord, knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord, where'd we start? Nothing that we do is useless and for naught. Nothing that we do is purposeless. But our labor in the Lord is not futile. It is never wasted or to no purpose. I'm going to tell you what, in this last hour, what the enemy wants to do is he wants us to forget not just who we are, but whose we are. And I have been reminded so keenly the Wednesday just before, so Thursday, if, you, if you're on Acts, and, I, and I, I give this to you as an anecdote, but, and, and you can stand with me right now. But in class on Wednesday, God put on my heart so strongly, name it and claim it. And we have been waiting for a word about David Guy's interview. We have been, we've been praying for it, asking for it. And I, t I, told, I told everybody on Wednesday in class, I said, you know what? I said, I just feel like we need to name this and claim this. I said, I, 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 I don't know why we're asking. I, I mean, we've been asking and asking is good, but this is something that we need. My sister needs her husband. She needs her baby's daddy here. It's a need. This is not just, this would be so nice. This is a need. And so I said, God, we're naming it and claiming it. The next day, the next day, 
she got an email saying they've expedited his, his processing. One week exactly from that Wednesday, he got his interview scheduled. Oh, wait. He called to ask about the medical, and they said, well, this never happens, but we just had a cancellation. You can do your medical on the 28th of this month. They said, those are usually a month out. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I don't know what you have in your life that's going on, but I think we're all in the same boat. I think there are things that you can, that you can think of right now that you should be naming and claiming. And I think what God is saying is, <laughs> before 2023 is over, you don't have to wait. You name it and claim it. I've got victory for you. I've got joy for you. I've got peace for you. I've got a fertile place for you to rest. I've got a garden for you. You don't have to suffer and wait because here's the thing. You know who your daddy is. You can walk in the house. You can get right into the pantry and the fridge. And so I... I'm saying right now, I think what, what the Lord wants us to do is operate in some boldness. In some boldness. By right, by the authority of his word, and by necessity. So I challenge you this morning. If there's something that's going on in your life or if you go, I, I, I have nothing. Good for you. Let me tell you what, there are a lot of people who do. You start operating in boldness for them. But if we could just come to the front this morning, I feel like God, he's got some things that he wants to deliver to our spirit, that he wants to remind us of, that he wants to confirm for us, that he wants to bless us with. And if we'll just worship this morning and turn our morning to dancing, I feel like he's got some things that we can rejoice about this morning. Let's just worship the Lord.